Test one, two, test one, two. Check, 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 check. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the vocal minority with Nick and Steve. Nick Reynolds, Steve Harness, and cousin Brewski. The vocal minority with Nick and Steve. Take one. We are taking one, and we are the vocal minority with Nick and Steve. All of Brewski. Back for another fun episode, The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Welcome to it, y'all. Yeah. Uh, find us online, thevocalminority.net. Find us on the social media. We're beyond hilarious and intriguing. So watch it, share it, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We gotta get someone else to say that for us, dude. I don't know if it has quite the charm it needs. Uh, when you charm say it up, it. Is that true. Go ahead. No, I need. I mean, I we need to have someone not associated with the show to say oh, these guys are hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying you did a bad job. So. Ladies and gentlemen, if I go back to my young days, uh, Steve Harness was a man, a boy, fantastic uh, little person who introduced me working at a pawn shop to box sets of uh, the X Files back in the day. Do you remember, Stephen? I do. I was a big X-Files fan. I was intrigued by the show, the concept. Uh, I had a man crush on Fox Mulder and a uh, woman crush on Dana Scully. Yes, you did, dude. I I remember how much you loved her. Uh, Do you like David Duchovny? He's a cool dude. I always held him and like uh, Eddie Vedder up as like, all right, if I'm going to be non-homophobic and acknowledge that I find some med to be good-looking dudes, then Fox Mulder, David Duchovny, was certainly one of them. Doesn't he always sound bored, though, no matter what he does? Contemplative. He's perpetually bored, you know? (laughs) What's your point? uh, Are you just getting me to admit my man crushes? (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. I was uh, scrolling through. Uh, this story, and uh, you know, everyone's curious about Roswell, August 4th oh. of 1990. Oh, yeah. What became known as the Calvine photograph? Ever heard of it? Calvine photograph was taken by two unidentified men 35 miles northwest of Perth in Calvine, just on the edge of Scotland's national park. Okay. They get this thing in the sky that is beyond these bushes. It's a large metallic object floating, estimated to be around 100 feet long and hovered in the sky for about 10 minutes, emitting a low hum. When the uh, fighter jet approached the UFO, the object flew straight up into the sky and out of sight. Mm -hmm. Before that occurred, however, the men able to snap some photographs of what they had witnessed. These pictures were then turned over to Scotland's daily record newspaper, who in turn handed them over to Britain's Ministry of Defense. Okay. They were never published for over 30 years. Yep. Stuck in a drawer. Okay. So 30 years it's been in this photograph uh, has been released as well as uh, five others that they took. Okay. Everyone thought they were lost. They didn't know they would ever resurface, blah, blah, blah. You could go look at these pictures, dude, and it's uh, it's incredible. It's a phenomenon. It's a phenomenon. I'm intrigued by what's been happening because our government and other governments, I think like you're referencing with this story, have been releasing video and photographic evidence of what are literally unidentified flying objects. Now, yes. whether they're alien or foreign yeah. governments, no one's commenting on that part. But there have been so many things released and declassified recently that don't seem to be getting anybody's attention. Like, we're finally acknowledging that there's stuff we don't know where it came from. 
and no one seems to care because we're all focused on Trump or Bruce Willis or whatever, <laughs> whatever the hell it is. So. You want to know my theory on that, though? Part of it is that I think that in this age in which we live, where you can throw uh, men in black into the DVD player or whatever, we've seen special effects that have been so fantastic that I think it mixes the worlds of that's never happened. That's a movie and reality. Right. Well, you mentioned the X-Files, and not to spoil the, how the show ends, but... Um, Spoiler alert! <laughs> it, it ended like 20 years ago, so you know, if you're behind the eight ball. The, the premise was that aliens are, in fact, real, but that the government has been going around faking these abductions to make everyone not believe in aliens, to make the guy in the farm look like the crazy person. Oh. So therefore, you won't believe when we actually do acknowledge that aliens are real. So that was the whole thing about the X-Files, that, yeah, they're real, but all of these abductions have been hoaxes to throw you off the fact that aliens are, in fact, real. So I will say that uh, having gone to a concert last summer where they used drones at a concert for... Mm. Uh, uh, you know, making artwork in the sky and how steady it was in the sky and how odd they could have made that look, creating any object they wanted to in the sky. I, I think it's pretty easy to fake, too. I think that's why people don't get real excited about it. And drones do behave sporadically, like a lot of those old videos would show, like where craft goes straight up, straight down, straight left, yep. straight up. They would always say that's aeronautically impossible, but now it's not. So... That lends to the theory that maybe these were other governments or our own with more advanced technologies, or maybe that's just a cover, a ruse. I mean, is your personal and professional boyhood thought that somewhere we have aliens in formaldehyde or somewhere that we are you know, holding them? Mm. So the short answer is I do believe there is life out there. Now, I don't know that I'm into this Roswell. Do we have aliens in formaldehyde jars? Like, I suppose it's possible, but that's certainly not my assertion. But I mean, ever since I was a little kid, just the fact that you're telling me we're the only intelligent life in this vast universe upon universe. We're the only living thing like that just seems that seems scientifically impractical to me. Exactly. Seems mind blowing, right? I mean, well, and that's why they call it the miracle of Earth, right? That everything was just set up perfectly here for us to be able to evolve and grow. Uh, and, it, right. and it's not the same anywhere else. So who knows, dude? But I mean, there has to be some form of life when you are so tiny looking at a universe that is beyond measure in your brain that there's something else out there. It would be. Absolutely. It's selfish and myopic to assume that we're the only things out there. And by the way, we've recently discovered that there was water on Mars. Yes. Um, it's come out a few different ways. They just found an old gla- the remains of a glacier on Mars. So, okay, so there's not sustainable life on Mars right now, but what about 100,000 years ago, a million years ago? Like, right. You know? Yeah, I mean, uh, for all we know, that's where this planet's heading, you know, uh, to be unrecognizable at some point, and we're all dead, and people wonder... Oh, I wonder if there was ever life there. Yeah, there was. It was called Earth, and we did great for a while. This is a blip on the timeline as far as the universe is concerned. Brewski yes. thoughts? Because I, I have other alien thoughts, too. I'd be happy to share. <laughs> but uh, No, I mean, I'm, I'm completely with you guys. I think it's for us to think that we're the only life out there. It's just I don't believe that we are. I won't say that they're watching us. I do think that we've been visited. Mm-hmm. 
That's but interesting. I, I mean, and, and there's people who th- agree with you and they say, oh, I've been probed by an alien or whatever. Hey, you have to wonder who's a goofball, who's telling the truth. It's like uh, a Bigfoot. I always well, wonder, like, if it's real, why hasn't there been more than a couple of people that have seen Bigfoot? Why don't we have one in a zoo? Well, the thing about the aliens is that I kind of wish that they would do the probing or have somebody really intelligent be the person who was grabbed by the aliens. Right. It's always the dumb redneck farmer, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. They're not Perman Obama, right? Uh, yeah, yes. they're, they're, they're not going for the best and the brightest. Right. It seems like, like they're just kind of going for the bottom of the barrel. Well, and that goes and I, back to the X-Files thing. That's why they always spotlighted the dumb farmer to make you not believe like this, <laughs> you know, dumb guy. Wilma, uh, so. get up. There's a bright light out there. Right. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. I've heard a, an interesting theory that, you know, every movie with aliens has them coming here and invading us. Right. And uh, I don't remember who the scientist was, but he was saying that in order to do intergalactic travel, to come uh, from as far away as they must be, since we can't see them with our telescopes or whatever, right. that they would have to be a super advanced society to have technology yeah. capable of that. And one would assume that if they're that advanced technologically, that they're probably advanced in every other way, meaning they're not just going to go around the universe murdering other civilizations. They're probably way more advanced than that. Uh, who's to say that they're not like uh, we are with spiders? You know, like, well, why aren't we something they would just step on and throw out? You know, well, I think that we are the aliens, and that's why they're not coming here to uh, step on us. Because You do? Well, listen, wouldn't it make a lot of sense, again, I'm not trying to get conspiracy theory uh, alien guy here, but human beings are the only thing on this planet that is not like everything else. Every other animal on this planet, they don't need houses. They don't need grocery stores. They don't write music. They don't film movies. Human beings have to have clothing and shelter. We have this need for communication and artistic expression and all. We are not like anything else on this planet. There's a bunch of animals of varying types And then there's this anomaly called human beings that are completely different. It's like the matrix analogy of, you know, humans are the cancer. We're the only things that spread around this planet, destroying resources, starting wars and conflicts. And why are we so much different than every other living thing on this planet? It is as if we are foreign to this planet. Isn't it just evolution? But why? Why are humans the one thing that evolved? Why don't we have talking monkeys that also produce Broadway plays? And Like, why are we the yeah. one thing that evolved so far above everything else on the planet? This is the problem. This is why I don't deal with these conversations for the most part in my personal life, because you start getting into my head and I start thinking <laughs> things that I shouldn't be thinking and it, that are almost uncomfortable for me to think. It's, again, it's the X-Files thing. If we boggle your brain about aliens and make it seem so impractical, then people don't even start to go there and question it. But how, yeah, how are we this one anomaly on this planet? It would make sense that we were dropped here from a spaceship and others, you know, maybe Mars did blow up all these years ago and they came here and they started over. And that was the premise of we're just going to drop humans on this planet and let's let them evolve. Let's see how they do, you know, leave maybe them alone, so, see what happens. Do you think that the Christians out there would uh, embrace your hypothesis? No. Uh, but the reason why I say that is because then your hypothesis kind of disproves evolution that right. we came from primates. No, I still think evolution can be a real thing. 
Gotcha. Like we may be a big petri dish here on planet Earth, where you know maybe all the animals on this planet were here naturally, and that's why aliens dropped us here because this planet is clearly capable of sustaining life. And then let yeah. the experiment go, see how humans evolve. Maybe we did start off as hunched over, hairy, you know, semi cavemen kind of thing, but we evolved. And that does not mean though that we didn't start from some alien source from some other planet. Gotcha. What there have you, been movies that have that theory of they, you know, humans were dropped here and just set free like an ant farm. Let's just let them be. Let's see what happens. How much have you read up on AI that is very near in our future? Well, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of the news stories right now about, um, you know, AI writing college papers and passing the bar exams and all that kind of stuff. And almost uh, now at a point where an AI will be able to, in a sense, become human with emotions and get to pick their own based on things that they like. I mean, to me, that almost seems like they're alive, right? Sure. sure. If they can have emotion and well, they pick can, what emotion to have. They can fake being alive. They can mimic, yes. you know. So the theory being is that Elon Musk is an alien <laughs> and he is developing this AI and it is just actually the aliens coming down. It's a conspiracy theory that people believe. That would go against the theory that aliens are intelligent life, then, if Elon Musk <laughs> is yeah. an alien. Well, I mean, we can't say that Elon Musk is not intelligent on some level, right? I mean, he's brilliant on some level. He's just a dude. On some man. levels. But if you hand me a pile of money, I'll be brilliant on some levels, too. So, you know, he's not a self-made man, is my point. He's been I given suppose. a lot of money and has done some interesting things with it. But based yeah. on his conservative politics and conspiracy theories, he seems like a bit of a moron in a lot of yes. ways. So. Yeah, you know, he does. Dude, I agree. Have you ever been visited by something that you do, you can't explain? No. And by the way, if aliens are so advanced that they can do intergalactic travel, I'm pretty sure they could hide themselves pretty well. They probably developed that technology as well. Kind of like they live. Yeah. I mean, if they're here to observe us, I don't think they want to be discovered. So certainly they'd be smart enough to hide themselves from us all. Hiding in plain sight. Well, exactly. And if we are the aliens, they could be down here amongst us, observing us, doing experiments, and you would never know the difference. They don't have to be little green men. They probably we, aren't. We need those special glasses like Roddy Piper had, and they live. So you will see who's who. Classic 80s movie reference right there. Yes. Uh, Secret Invasion is coming out for Marvel. It's about shape-shifting aliens that look like humans, and that's why we don't know that they've been here. And they're taking over key parts of government roles and whatnot. So, uh, But again, what would the point of all that be? I mean, there's all sorts of sci-fi stories on that well, topic. Didn't we already have experience with a shape-shifter at the uh, Super Bowl halftime show. Oh, yeah, that's right. I saw that on the video. Yeah. The, no, the, what the, is this theory? I'm not. Oh, the, 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 the Christians were saying that Rihanna is a shapeshifter and, <laughs> and that she's there to, to corrupt everyone's minds. She's here to destroy the earth with boring halftime shows. <laughs> 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 that would make sense, actually. But again, yeah. you know, a lot, I've had this discussion with my kids and their initial thing is just, Dad, you're being crazy. I'm like, but if you think about it logically, what I'm saying actually makes way more more sense than just magically humans evolved way beyond everything else on this planet. Here's another thing I've talked to my kids about, and maybe I've talked to you guys about this. I need everyone to slow down and hear what I'm saying, because if you actually think through what I'm saying, there's some logic to this being illogical. All right. The Mayans are credited with our calendar, right? Yes. There's a Mayan calendar. There's a Mayan calendar, but but our calendar is based on the Gregorian calendar. 
But are, are the Mayans not credited with coming up with the uh, the basic concept of the calendar and monitoring the seasons and all of that? Yeah, kind of stuff? yeah, yeah, yeah. And we know the Mayans were this inexplicably advanced ancient civilization mm-hmm. that one day disappeared. Prior to that, they had amazing architecture with uh, the Mayan, well, the Mayan ruins now, but yes, um, we know they built these inexplicably complicated buildings. We know they had perfected the art of acoustics. You can still do this today. There are some Aztec and Mayan ruins where you can stand in a certain central spot and whisper and people all over can hear it because it's set up acoustically perfect. That's interesting technology that they somehow figured out. Sure. Getting back to this whole calendar thing, the Mayans... Somehow, people always tell me they based it off watching the stars. Now, right there, that's kind of an interesting thing. Why would they be looking to the heavens, out to space for their answers? How would they even know that the stars shift through the night and over the course of weeks, months, and years, they come back around? But think about our calendar, any calendar that can monitor seasons. So our calendar is 365 days of the year. However, every four years, you have to add a day or the whole thing doesn't work out. It's based on a 24-hour day, which is based on 60 minutes and an hour, which is based on 60 seconds. And a second is a distinct amount of time, right? Yes. How did an ancient civilization figure out the exact tempo that a second has to be to add up to the correct 60 seconds in a minute, to the hour, to the week, to the month, to the year, so that over the course of years and years and years that the seasons would line up, that the stars would line up. It is inexplicably advanced technology to figure out in the first place, let alone even think that you could do that, that there are seasons, that you can track things. This is such zoomed out worldly things that this ancient civilization somehow had the free time to sit around and all just figure out organically. Of and course, I'm they had to believe the free they time, just, dude. Of they just came up. But why? Why the Mayans? Why didn't the Native Americans? Why didn't ancient civilizations all over the planet do this stuff? By the way, the Mayan architecture there was all built on one of three natural Earth energy spots on our planet. All three of the spots have inexplicably advanced architecture. I'm talking about Stonehenge, uh, the pyramids in Egypt, and the Mayan ruins. Three natural Earth energy spots, all with technology outside of the realm for that time well, i'm gonna tell you the simple answer of all of this okay tell me the simple answer sure dmt dimethyltryptamine this is a chemical that yes. you put into your brain mm-hmm. and you get to go places that you and i have never been to so wait you think this ancient civilization was just running around sampling as many chemicals and natural compounds and then they discovered one of them actually does something like that to them Yes, and I think that it's easier to grasp everything you're talking about developing something like that when you uh, access these pieces of your mind. They open doors to where your mind normally doesn't go to and allows you to to expand your way of thinking and prove what's going on around you. Think about it in terms of, uh, well, uh, we all know uh, someone who's autistic, uh, Richard Peterson. How can his brain act in such a way with numbers and architecture that he can, you can give him a date that's, you know, however long ago, and he can be right on the money every time you ask him of what happened on that day in history. How can someone's mind work like that? 
How come no other ancient civilization then tapped into that or had that drug or did any of this mind tripping to solve maybe advanced they were mathematical the first ones who found it, dude? I mean, maybe they were the first ones that found it. And, and where has it been since? Why have we not evolved into flying cars and everything else? If all you have to do is trip balls. Why does the Grateful a, Dead not have a uh, Nobel Peace Prize for being this so is, smart? DMT is something different than the Completely Grateful different. Dead. Yeah, Completely exactly. different. And it's actually, I mean, they're doing a lot of experimenting with it right now. But it works in such a way that uh, men and women that are coming back with PTSD, that are, you know, having terrible lives because of it, take this just one time and they are able to access places in their mind where gone. You're talking like limitless with uh, Bradley Cooper, yes. right? Yes. Well, go to go see Joe Rogan. He talks about DMT all the time, and has had a lot of experts in the field on his podcast, and Ham- they talk about it all the all time. Right. Hamilton so- Morris, in particular, would be the authority on uh, DMT. Okay, so we're talking the logical ways that an ancient civilization could have done this stuff. So your logical answer is they found this specific chemical. A chemical, by the way, it's got to be organic, right? There's no. It's organic. Right yeah, it does. It, it occurs in in many plants and animals, and actually, it actually is in our our own body too. It's actually the drug that floods your brain when you're about to die. When everything they say goes black, that's yep. what that's what DMT does. So, was there a ceiling on that? Why have uh, why have civilizations not continued to use it and continue to evolve way beyond their means? I think people are fearful of it. To be quite honest with you, there's a lot of things that get put out there when it comes to psychedelics yes everybody's like oh you're gonna you're gonna go insane if you try that or if you do that yeah and we know that plenty of people still doing all that stuff out there i don't see them winning nobel prizes for advanced mathematics yeah uh, but it's it's happening dude you'd be surprised how many people who are doing really great things and really big things actually do dmt and, and and other you know, psychedelics like that, because yes. they say that it, it helps their mind. Is there any evidence, though, that the Mayans were into DMT? I, I don't know either yes. way, to be honest with you, but uh, that's my theory. It feels to me like you're kind of bending over backwards to explain it, that this ancient civilization discovered this chemical that they didn't know. They were just out sampling stuff, and then one person tried it. They started tripping balls. They started thinking of advanced mathematical equations and formulas and theories. When you say tripping balls, it, it sort of deduces what I'm talking about, only because this, is more, this isn't so much as about like, hey, let's go get high. This is. No, I just mean to, their mind was going crazy. Like their the, the world of possibilities is open up to them. That's what you're saying. Accessing new uh, areas of your mind, new functions that your mind is capable of. Because it, uh, you know they always say, "Oh, we only use about you know what two percent of our brain or something like that." So where all that other part is accessed. Of course, they came up with a calendar and time. Well, so why hasn't some government or some company developed this DMT to the point where we're all Bradley Cooper, we're all limitless, and we're all I think just, that's you know, because they that's want a dangerous to, world, dude. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, some government would have done it by now, some company would have done it by now. They but, don't care about the morals of it. But that's not the morals. That, but if you're if you have these people that are limitless, then you can't control them. Right. So if you I know, was a, a third world country, or, or not even third world, but if I was China or somebody trying to be the greatest country in the world, I would throw the rule book out and develop this limitless and let us all your civilization, then, though. You know, but then I who, mean, oh, the Mayans. I mean, they were doing well until they mysteriously disappeared one day. How does DMT explain that? It ruined their civilization. Everyone became mindless, no. dude. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. 
Come on. Boy, okay. Listen, I, again, it feels like you're bending over backwards. As a buddy, do yeah. uh, I, I, and I say this not, hey, go do your research. Well, Start reading about this and you'll be fascinated because there's a lot of studies going on right now where they're bringing this into the medical and psychiatric field. So well, I don't uh, discount that, nor do I discount people that are on the spectrum that look at things differently. But I'm saying to have an ancient civilization discover this and just take it further than anyone else has ever done with that chemical. Again, the well, concept of math and calendars and monitoring this, that, that, that didn't even exist back then for someone to think about it. But you're saying well, this chemical will open that all up. That's, well, my, that's my theory. I don't know that it's right. So I, I, I see this to say that archaeologists generally agree that the causes of the Mayan civilization decline include war, overpopulation, unsustainable practices to feed their population, but then also Spanish colonizers who showed up between 1517 and 1546 and brought a lot of diseases that, that wiped the Mayans out. Yeah, I mean, that seems way more practical, the fact that new disease could have wiped them out. But um, yeah. Listen, to circle back to the original point here, yeah, about sure. yeah. if we're going to talk about just what makes the easiest, most sense, knowledge is usually imparted from others, from books, from other sources, from teachers, from colleges, whatever it is. Experience. You're, you're taught right. knowledge. Yes. So my point is it would make a lot more sense for an ancient civilization like that to have discovered these super advanced concepts of mathematics and the stars from somebody from the stars that came down and gave them this knowledge and then let them run wild with it. That is actually a much more logical explanation as to how an ancient civilization could be so advanced. I don't know um, if it's more logical. It's a different, uh, it's a it's simple a answer to say uh, that you got that knowledge from somewhere else and where would it have come from in those times? Cause people keep telling me the minds look to the stars. Well, why would they be looking to the stars? Cause that's where they came from. Uh, necessity again, is the need for invention, dude. I, I mean, but they didn't uh, they need to monitor the calendar. They didn't, they didn't need to do any of that crap. They were they trying to survive. They, they had to monitor that calendar so they could feed each other, dude. They had to monitor it for their crops and know what was but happening. Think how many years would have to go by for you to start to notice that this arbitrary number? Okay. We're just going to say a calendar is oh. 200 days. You would have to go lifetimes 10 times over to notice that it's not lining up correctly and to adjust that it is beyond comprehension to think that generation after generation after generation kept doing that that is illogical it's logical to say that they were given the knowledge the the actual original mayan calendar had 18 months then they brought it down to 13 and the the calendar we have now is based on the mayan calendar but it's the gregorian calendar but originally the original calendar had 18 months with it and it but still 365 days but that would still go to my point of someone gave them this basic knowledge and then let them go experiment with it because how would they ever even think to monitor the patterns of the planet it's just inconceivable I, I don't I think, think so, dude. If you guys are so close minded, take some DMT and listen to what I'm saying here. No, I don't. I don't think it's the most <laughs> likely think, reason why. I, I, I will think, say. Explain to me the pyramid, Stonehenge, and the Mayan ruins. Why are there three natural Earth energy spots on this planet that ancient civilizations found and made architecture that was way beyond their means? Well, no why one do can. We, why do we have penicillin, dude? Well, I mean, it's. Well, I mean, we try, we try, we try, and we develop. I mean, uh, like I said, there different things that were important and still came in in modern times when we had doctors and scientists working on this kind of stuff why would an ancient civilization build stonehenge you don't think they had their own version of doctors and scientists in a in the mayan civilization i'm sure they did 
Are we trying to say that, that the Mayans are connected to the people in Egypt who built the temples and then also the, uh, the Druids and the Celts in, in England who made Stonehenge? I am saying, in theory, that the aliens knew there, there was these uh, three Earth energy spots, and it meant something to them, whether it was a, a source of energy or whatever it was. And they went to these three spots, gave these ancient civilizations this weird knowledge that they all, for some reason, built giant structures that were almost impossible for them to build. No one can still explain Stonehenge. How did they get those freaking things from northern England to southern England, get them upright, and put another one on top of it? And why would they even do that? You read many comic books i went to stonehenge this is where this all started with me because i never knew any of this stuff about the three earth energy spots but there's three of them and they all have inexplicably advanced technology around them that an ancient civilization would just couldn't possibly have come up with on their own the pyramids themselves have been explained i mean they've been explained they know how they made them they know how they got them up that i mean it's it's all been explained why would they have done all of that why did we build the sears tower i don't know i mean they're building minded man open up to the universe it makes more sense what i am saying steve just so you know there are actually (laughs) 10 energy spots around the world (laughs) yeah come on stardust let's get your energy right here what are the other seven stonehenge sedona arizona machu picchu uh, Table Mountain, South Africa, the Great Pyramid in Giza, uh, Egypt, Mount Shasta in California, hmm. um, S. Vedra Bisa in Spain, Halaki Volcana in Hawaii, uh, and then Halaki. Uluru was in the Northern Territory in Australia, and wow, Lake Rota Punamu in New Zealand, and pardon me for butchering some of those names. All good. All right, so maybe there's more than three, but my point is they found three. They built these sure. weird, you know, st- structures at the three that these ancient civilizations, why would they go way above and beyond what they could possibly do? Listen, I don't claim to actually know the answer. I'm just yeah. saying this is a fascinating theory. Oh, yeah. You're right on for that. Well, somebody, you're, saying somebody, so you're saying somebody had to de- deliver the knowledge. Yeah, it didn't just come out of nowhere. Is what yeah. it's, not a, it's not a bad story. I would write it. Uh, in fact, I think it's been written before. Maybe you've read it. Is it in a comic book? Where did you come up with that idea? Well, this gets back to the X-Files thing about trivializing stuff so that people like you just don't even you know, <laughs> begin to open up your mind to the possibility. To circle back to your original point of all of this, why are all of these things coming out now? And when are we going to explain them? If it is another government that has such advanced technology, no one can tap into that at all. No scientist out there could say like, oh, I've seen that video. And that's what China is doing with, you know, new like no one's answering any of these questions. Why can't we get answers? And why isn't there an uh, uh, what was the guy who uh, went to Russia after he told all our secrets? Snowden. Why, why don't we have an alien, you know, researcher Snowden who's coming out and saying, hey, this is the stuff I found. Well, apparently no one would pay attention, which was part of my original point. All of these things have been coming out and no one seems to really care. Because they don't want you to know. That's why. Right. They. We have built up this whole, if you believe in aliens, you must be crazy thing in the society. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Only, you know, Steve, only closed minded people don't believe in aliens. Right. Well, you know, to some extent, there that may be a true statement. But, you know, it, it, it's like the ancient civilization, something that is beyond your comprehension. 
is by definition not going to settle well with you. So, you know, it makes sense to resist the idea. But back to my original point, you're telling me this entire vast, ever-expanding universe were the only intelligent life? Like, that's not logical at all. Don't believe that at all. Right. So then, if there is other intelligent life, it would make sense that maybe they have been exploring other planets. Maybe they did plant little seeds. Maybe they have been pushing evolution in a certain direction. Maybe they're cultivating Earth so that someday when their planet blows up, they can come move in over here. I mean, Wasn't it uh, Porno for Pyros who had the song that we'd make great pets? Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And who knows? So, there's people out there that uh, uh, believe in God, and uh, maybe this is all kind of the same thing. Well, that's a good point. Again, why do people look to the stars, to the heavens? Where did that start from? You know, why did they look to the earth? Why did they look to the oceans? They look to the sky for some reason. Well, the sky and the earth are actually connected. When if you think about it with with the pagans, everything they worshipped was the earth, the water, the sky, everything in the natural environment. But no religion is based on Atlantis, on, you know, God being under the water or something. It's all about up in the stars, up in the heavens. It's interesting, right? Yeah, there's a definite need to not be alone. Well, I'll tell you, when I went to Stonehenge, I attempted to steal a part of Stonehenge, but uh, oh. it didn't work out for me. Listen, ladies and gentlemen of the <laughs> yeah. vocal minority, yes. uh, how do you feel about stealing? Would you steal bread to feed a hungry child? Or is just stealing in general wrong? I got a story here about a guy who went above and beyond. I'm not just going to steal a candy bar from the grocery store. I'm going to make it count. This guy stole a half million dollars of crab, pretending to be a Safeway representative. That's a lot of crab, right? That's a lot of crab. Is that like a semi-truck or multiple semis? I mean... Yes. Uh, so a seafood heist involving about a half million dollars worth of crab playing out in North Sound. Uh, federal prosecutors obtained charging documents uh, for this guy who's out of Florida. His name is David Sabool. He pretended to be a Safeway rep and sent fake purchase orders to a California seafood company. January 3rd is when the actual crime went down. They shipped it up to uh, the Seattle area. $432,000 wholesale amount wow. of crab. Wow. And uh, this guy just drove away with it, dude. I mean, he should be let go just for the creativity and effort that goes into that. I mean, anyone yes. can rob a bank stealing a half a million dollars worth of crab. That's uh, that's pretty genius, actually. So, Listen, this is what I have found out. When I first read this, my mind thought, why would you steal all that crab? Like, I mean, are you going to go to different restaurants and sell it yourself? Or, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, it's a, it seems like a lot of crab. But I do know that this is a big thing with uh, all the drug issues that we have in Seattle. The grocery stores say one of the greatest things that are being stolen over and over again are high-priced meats and seafoods. Yeah. So and people can live them. like kings? Or no, they're, no, they're they re- sell no, they them sell on the them. street, dude. Ah. So the guy on the corner selling me produce, should I assume he stole it from Safeway or whatever? Yes. <laughs> it would probably be meat. It's got to be something where, you know, hey, you want these filet mignons? I'll give them to you, you know, for five bucks a pound. I find out this is true even with people uh, that I know have stolen a trunk load of meat 
and taken it around and sold it out on the streets. That's fascinating. That's a lot of effort because you got a shelf life on that. Obviously, you can't. It's not like you stole rare coins that could sell. Right? <laughs> yes, you can't put it in a safe. Like you got to go sell it as soon as you steal it. There's a story in England that was on Vice Channel where they had um, they have people that are drug addicts, and what they do is is they'll go and they steal meat from supermarkets, and it's usually high end stuff. And then they have people they go to. Generally, it's people that will buy it to keep in their own house to feed nice. their family. But they'll get this nice cut of meat for a cheaper price. And then the drug, the, the drug addict gets the money to then go and buy the drugs that they want. Nick, uh, you were telling me about a phenomenon. Where is it? It's a phenomenon. Right there. That in the uh, greater Seattle area, the shoplifting has become decriminalized to the point that people are just blatantly walking out of Home Depot with stuff. And what are you going to do? Because the employees don't call the cops on you. And by the time the cops get there, you're long gone. Is that did I get that correct? It's incredible, dude. So I, I'll even take it out to the suburbs. Like, yes, it's happening in the city over and over. They'll walk into the, like you said, Home Depot or Lowe's or even a Target or a Best Buy. But even in the suburbs, like I, a local little Fred Meyer in uh, my small hometown, uh, the guy told me in the electronics department, oh, yesterday was a uh, tough day. Uh, six different people at different times came and just grabbed TVs off the display and walked out with them. Wow. They don't even chase them or call the cops. Right. Because the owners of those businesses are saying to the employees, it's too high of a risk. We don't want you getting punched or shot or whatever. So Right. And then the laws have become so decriminalized to the point that it's not even worth for the cops to go follow up or come rushing over there. Yeah, I mean, we're just using up tax dollar resource, right? Because we're going to book them, put them in jail, and they're going to be out in an hour, you know. Yeah. It's just turning over like that. Uh, even in this store, they have signs that they have put up that said, like, uh, please do not throw your receipt away here. Take it home or ask for no receipt. Because these druggies and thieves are grabbing these receipts, walking through the store with an empty basket and putting all the stuff on the receipt in a basket uh -oh. and then taking it up and returning it. That's clever, actually. That's nice. It's crazy, though. You're on camera grabbing it all. Like, it's it right. just, it's not right, but. I will tell you, like, uh, I think it was last Christmas, I bought my son whatever the latest, you know, video game console that was so hot. And they told me, um, we keep them in the back. We don't keep them anywhere near because people just run in here and grab them and run out of the store with them. So you yeah. pick it, we go in the back, we get you the PlayStation or Nintendo or whatever it is. So it doesn't yeah. happen in Tahoe. Uh, I'm not aware of it being a phenomenon around here because we don't have any of the big retail stores up here like Tahoe. Down in Nevada, though, they do. And yeah, everyone's packing heat down there. So they've even had to close down a bunch of Walgreens around here. People, you know, just walking in and taking what they want off the shelves, whether it's baby formula or diapers or, you know. Well, they, they, they do that for what's called diversion. Diversion used to just be. Way back, I used to work at the Levi's store, and people would come into the Levi's store who were here from Europe or the Middle East, and they would buy 501 button fly jeans, right. and, and they would buy complete size runs. They would take it back to where they're from and then sell it for double or triple the price because then you had genuine American blue jeans. At least yeah, then yeah. The, people were paying for it. Now what they're doing is they're stealing it, and then like when you go to those swap meter flea markets, you'll notice that there's 
like brand new razors or baby formula right. and stuff like that. Yeah. More times than not, that's stolen merchandise. I used to work at a pawn shop in Seattle, and that was always a red flag. Someone would come in with a brand new set of tools still in a box. Like, I got <laughs> Christmas, and I don't want it, so I'll sell it to you for half of what it's going for in the store. But. Right. <laughs> and you, uh, it was illegal to buy stolen goods, right? Well, not quote-unquote, but what you had to do at the pawn shop was everything you bought had to sit on a shelf for 30 days. You had to write down the description, the serial number, uh, you submitted it to the local police department, and if it matched a missing or a stolen item report, they could come and take it, and you're just screwed. So it was not in your best interest to, to buy something you know was probably stolen, because you probably going to spend the money and lose it. Yeah. Yeah, but. yeah. Uh, either of you guys ever stolen I will tell you, um, I, I, I can think of two little incidents. Um, when I was like 12 or 13, I got, I don't, it, it, just for the thrill of it, I got sucked into this whole like shoplifting phenomenon that was going on back then or probably still now. But, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I got good at, you know, like this local pet shop. I had the greatest aquarium in the whole neighborhood because <laughs> I would go in there and, you know, steal little ornaments and plants and all this stuff. And then how old were you? Like 12 or 13. Like, all I was, right. you know, right around that age. And then there was one day, though, at the, uh, the dime store in my little hometown where they had some transformer, like four pack. And I opened up the pack in the store and I stole two of the Transformers out and I got outside of the store and I was like, I did it. I'm going to go back and get the other two that were in the package. Oh, boy. Oh, and I went back. Yep, I did. <laughs> I went back to the store, same aisle, and I went to that thing and some employee came running around the corner. It was just like, I got you. Oh. And I freaked out. And in that moment, the store's manager came to that employee. was like, hey, Janie, can you come help me with this? And she turns around to say, like, I got this kid here. No. And as she turned around, I jetted out of that store and just kept running. And it scared the crap out of me so much that I, I just stopped that stuff cold turkey. Steve, I got, harness. I got scared straight. Although. I will tell you real quickly, this is eh, kind of stealing, I suppose. Yeah. At the pawn shop, somebody came in with a brand new CD player, and I was looking for a CD player. So <laughs> I bought the CD player off this guy and never put it into the inventory at the store. You weren't I, allowed to right. do that. No, that was kind of stealing from the store. Although I put the money back. I, I took it out of my, because I could, the till would be short. So sure. I paid him 40 bucks or whatever out of the till. I put 40 back in. So the store never knew it was there. I took the CD player home, and it didn't work. <laughs> but what i then did it was a brand new cd player so i went to the local circuit city bought that cd player took it home put the broken one in the box took it back to them and said you sold me a broken cd player they refunded my money and i had the functioning cd player that was originally in the box brilliant, wow. you are, brilliant. <laughs> you are master criminal so those would be my stealing stories, but for the most part, scared straight. I felt the Circuit City scam was a victimless crime. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I had a similar experience. Uh, I was in a Benjamin Franklin and saw this magic trick that was a a nail through your finger. You know, uh, yeah. my mom was shopping in the store, so I took this thing out of the package and put it on and went over to her and was like, "Ah, look at my finger!" <laughs> you know, and the worker comes running up and grabbed me by the wrist, and my mom was like, "What are you doing?" And he took the thing out of my hand and he was like, "Your boy's stealing, man." 
Uh, first experience with theft didn't deter me. Used to do, steal cigarettes uh, all the time from a guy who worked at Texco. His name was Chuck, and he wouldn't sell to us underage guys. <laughs> so <laughs> we used to sell cigarettes when they used to be up on the counter, or they just have big bins of them, you know, uh-huh. by the uh, cash register. And yeah, you just grab one. And this reeks of like bottle. the late '80s or something. Yeah. Uh, well, this was uh, early '90s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, then finally I thought, oh, I'm going to steal a carton of cigarettes and I oh, was wearing shorts and I put this carton of cigarettes down my pants and it was kind of hanging out. Uh, <laughs> in all fairness, I was drunk and underage. Right. Walk so you out, got greedy too. Yeah. I got greedy. Store yeah. owner, as I'm going to walk out, steps in front of the door and he was like, you'll wait here for the cops, young man. And I did. I mean, they cuffed me up and put me out in the car. Everything. Oh, did that uh, scare you straight at that point? Oh, yeah. I was terrified, dude, because I was, like I said, I was drunk. And I was uh, too young to smoke. I was definitely too young to drink. Kept me in there for about five minutes. And he was like, get out of here and don't ever come back. I was like, not even a shop. It's like the only store in my <laughs> tiny town. He was like, don't ever steal from Warren again. And I never did. <laughs> See, I wonder if that was a precursor to what we were just talking about, where the cops realized, like, this is such a pain in the butt to arrest this 16-year-old or whatever, do all the paperwork, nothing sure. come of it, so let's just scare him and send him home. We used to uh, issue criminal trespass orders on uh, shoplifters. When I worked at FAO Swords in Boston, I worked primarily in the stockroom, but I kept a radio, and then if security needed me to help out. A little Boston you- backup? A little bit. Usually it was like girls stealing uh, stuff from the San Rio area, like Hello Kitty and, you know, <laughs> all that sort of stuff, and other little pens and stuff like that. And they'd be sitting there crying and you're like, you call their mother and the mother comes down and they, and then you would issue them a criminal trespass order where they weren't allowed to come in the store. Otherwise they'd be arrested for trespassing and fantastic. Oh my God. They'd be like crying like crazy. Well, so I guess what's the overall point here that uh, it's okay to steal bread for the starving family, but everything else you're obviously a moron and shouldn't be doing it. Probably (laughs) so. Yeah. And there are soup kitchens now, so you don't even have to steal the bread. Right. What about stealing music? Going back to Napster. Stop ripping off Metallica. Well, come on. Yeah, that's true. Lawrence (laughs) is still not happy about that. Listen, the truth is, is you've both stolen my heart for another episode of the vocal minority with Nick and Steve. Uh, and then, yeah, it continue to be a thief. Uh, don't get scared straight of that, love. baby. You keep yeah. stealing that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got to wrap it up, fellas. Yep. Find us online, the vocal minority.net. Find us on the social medias for the love of God. Help us spread this show around the world. So, uh, we appreciate you listening until next week. We bid you adieu. Test one, two, test one, two. Stop. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Nick Reynolds, Steve Harness, and Cousin Brewski. The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve.